Welcome to Open Minds UFO Radio. What's kind of funny is, like, we've got that little video that I use uh, that's yeah. prov- uh, to count down because, you know, when you're live streaming, when you push the button to go live, you never know when it's going to go live. And that I love that video because it counts down so that it, when the audience sees it, they know we're about to go live and they know when we're going to come on. So it's a cool tool. And what's interesting that is. is I usually wait till the 10 second mark to push the go live button. I think it usually takes about five seconds to actually I, activate. I, I estimated three, three seconds on my, after many, uh, uh, you know, cutting into my intro music over and over and over again. So yeah, it's about, I would say, yeah, five is liberal, but it's right in there about somewhere between three and five. Um, This guy guy that you're hearing here is Martin Willis. uh, Of course, uh, my co-host buddy uh, that joins me for the news quite a bit of podcast UFO. And uh, we are live. Um, so we do this live and I do want to kind of let people in. So I know I've been changing stuff up a lot, but I think I've set on what I'm going to be doing, which is, uh, you know, try to do this every Friday, which we've been doing pretty well. Uh, this Friday news update, except for during the UFO Congress, of course, we were busy and pretty much everything I'm trying to do live as much as possible. So uh, the Rojas reports are my live interviews. I've changed it up now because those are kind of a moving target because I want to do them live. I've got to rely on the availability of the interviewee. Um, and so that is uh. a complete moving target. Um, and sometimes it's very last minute. So um, so I'm making those free for everybody. So anybody can come and, oh. and watch my live videos, and then I keep those up live or up for a couple days before I put them behind the paywall, the membership subscription service. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know, of course, be sure, sure to subscribe down there uh, if you if you like what you see, because uh, I've got regular stuff going on. Um, but also, if you click that join button down there, you'll be able to join the archives where you can watch all the videos. And of course I've got a oh. lot of great interviews. Did two Rojas report interviews this week. We'll talk about those. It's because I couldn't do one last week. The person had to um, reschedule to this week. That's why I piled up with two this week. But um, yeah, so I had two of those and, and that's how we'll move forward. And, and then if you're on Patreon, Patreon, you're able to subscribe to also get just the audio for so like buck fifty, you can get all the audio if you're a podcast person and you like to just listen to audio, then you have that option. Or you can pay the other one where you get everything. You get our videos, everything. So really, if you want to get the most of everything, I get the highest level of Patreon. If you just otherwise, you know, if you like video, go to YouTube. If you like uh, audio, then do that Patreon subscription. So that's going to be how we'll move going forward. So you are aware. Uh, so excited about kind of figuring that out. 
And then I'm going to try to do also some features, though. So when I write some articles, do some short videos uh, where you'll be able to. Because I've got so much in my interviews. And I'm sure you do, too. But, I mean, there's so much in these interviews that I've done lately that's really important that uh, I'm, I need to write some articles based on some of these interviews. And I will. I mean, stuff that you can't get anywhere else with Chris Mellon, Lou Elizondo. We're getting into really the nitty-gritty and the details. Although... Uh, with the introduction of the phenomena, there has been a lot of press regarding some of these details, too. And Martin and I will get into that in just a second. But I do want to take a second here to say, hello, Martin. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you doing there? And you are I see bad. a different background. You almost look like you're in a different state than the last time I talked to you. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Wow. So I am at the UFO Congress headquarters. I love this hat. Like I usually don't like, I was talking about this with um, uh, somebody I interviewed. Maybe it was James Fox. I usually try not to wear a lot of UFO stuff. Um, try to stay kind of incognito, but uh, I love this hat so much. I started wearing it on the podcast just to promote the uh, event. But now I'm wearing it like all the time because it's it's probably like my favorite hat right now. It's just a cool logo, cool white hat. You know, I've got one too. And I got to tell you, it's a conversation starter. Oh, if really? If, oh, you get out there and you forget you're wearing a UFO hat and you, you're just, you know, I was at a farmer's market and uh, someone said, oh, wow. And then she started telling me about um, that she was a hybrid out of the blue. Just someone behind wow. selling vegetables. So I said, are these uh, hybrid vegetables? <laughs> <laughs> and but then anyway, yeah. There's the, the, everybody loves to see the UFO lamp. So there it is. Oh, I'm yeah. hiding it in the background. I've got mine in, in the, the Open Minds headquarters in California uh, that you can see in the background. It's kind of a Where's Waldo. And there's the one here at the UFO Congress headquarters in Arizona. And how does that defy gravity? Is that like an electro? Here's the other thing you'll see. Yeah, I'll tell you that in just a second. But over this shoulder, this has been kind of an exciting window because there's all kinds of stuff that goes on here sometimes. Sometimes you see people really? walking back there, but it's huh. also become the favorite hiding spot of this little critter here. Oh, it kind of looks like a red game. panda. Yeah. Scratch you should put him in like a an alien outfit just to make things more interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that would be interesting. But that little adorable fellow will probably come yeah. walking forward. Anyway. He's awesome. Yeah. Get into UFOs. In fact, it was really funny. He was featured in a news thing piece about uh, a year ago when uh, the news came and they were talking about, oh, look, he's right here in the small screen too. Oh, but they were talking about uh, the conference and UFOs. It was world UFO day last year. And uh, they were, they, the person who came, she loved pumpkin. So she's like, even their pup believes in aliens or something like that. <laughs> oh, Not wow. that we said we believed in aliens, but uh, you were talking about the grab. How does the anti-gravity happen here? I yeah, don't know. What's going on to, with that thing? Well, there are several little um, beings inside of the top here. And um, they, we haven't figured out how to communicate with them, but they like just hanging out here wow. and so i think that the manufacturers the chinese manufacturers were able to broker a sort of arrangement with these uh beings these little beings are you sure eisenhower wasn't involved 
Maybe, so, maybe, yeah. but wow. uh, uh, they yeah. sold the the rights to the Chinese. No, actually, it's uh, it was funny because so many people. It this is weird when we're at con- conferences and stuff, and we've got these sitting there. So many people will walk up and look at it, and they like can't figure it out. Their brains are like, yeah, and they look at us like, like, are you tricking me? And it's like. It's right there. A lot of people will ask, is it wind or something pushing up? Which is kind of weird because you would feel that. And I don't think it'd be as stable. But there was at least one little kid who came and said, magnet. He was just a little kid. and uh, He knew what he was talking about. Yeah, Yeah. you're exactly right, dude. You're better than. Yeah. And then we did do a thing at a local tech company. Actually, I think it was where GoDaddy. Oh, no. um, Bluehost. uh, They invited us to sell stuff in their break room, which was pretty cool. And uh, they heard about us on the, because of the conference. And so we did that and uh, they bought stuff like crazy, uh, which was nice, but they, a lot of them probably cause they're techie, you know, troubleshooters for the internet and stuff. Most of them got it. It wasn't as mysterious. So it's different. It's funny, the different venues on how people react to it, but uh, yeah. Yep. It's magnets. And that's actually a speaker too, right? Is that the one that? Yeah, it's a Bluetooth speaker. Yep. Wow. And uh, yeah, so pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, what was there? Something else I'll show you guys too. This year's t-shirt. If you didn't get this year's 2020 um, Congress t-shirt. Oh, there it is. Let me show you guys. Our little office dash um warehouse here and it's kind of funny because during the congress i did a lot of my interviews and stuff in the other room which was literally our shipping room where we do all of our shipping and stuff so it's a mess you guys have seen me in there before i think i've done this show from there and uh it's just funny because it's a disaster is it an actual functioning lamp yeah totally watch this so it's got these lights right here you can make it expand to it's just you just click, if you touch, click. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. There you I just go. I like seeing you, buddy. But if you push this button on front, you can change it to where there's these really strong lights down here that come on. Or you can push this button um, and have just the bottom light or have just the wow. top light. Usually I leave it like that with just the top light. And then at night, yeah. this thing's just glowing. Does that have like an ab- abductee beam? Uh, no. No. It's oh, abducting, okay. and I think this is a good feature. It's abduction free. You do it's not have to worry free. about getting abducted by this wow. particular. Yeah, that's amazing. It'd be kind of a hard. But there's fit. our 2020 T-shirt. Oh, and look, all right, the Phoenix UFO rising up right from there. flames. Now this one seems like it's trying. This is an epic battle be- behind. See, because look at this. You're going to want to expand your screen again. Oh, there you now, go. Now this is good because yeah. it's up and down. And I want to get your reaction to what's going on here. This is the uh, Phoenix. And there's this huge creature, kind of like Gamera, fighting with this alien that they're trying to abduct him. You can see the light coming down. So this is like this epic Godzilla-esque battle scene. Wow. That is taking place over the city of Phoenix. Amazing. I just made that up, by the way. Okay, sorry. Uh, question, Alejandro, why not have open lines podcast so we can call in our questions? Because I don't like open lines podcasts. I apologize, but you do just get flooded 
with too many goofy questions. It's one of the things I hate about going on coast to coast. I'm sorry. Um, but for the most part, although last time I was on, I think we got a lot of great questions. But yeah, you uh, can get, if you have a good screener, you can, you know. Yeah. If um, you, and plus, I'd have to have a screener. But otherwise, yeah. it's so hard because people just want to go off about all their goofy stuff, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Government says it has lost more UFO files. Article 2016 Huffington Post. Well done, Alejandro. Oh, thank you. Stephen is just pointing out one of my articles in the Huffington Post about how the government lost UFO files. I'm glad you put yourself in focus. It looks a lot better, Martin. <laughs> and uh, but Some that might was, argue with you, but yeah, okay. That was uh, a John Greenwald discovery, actually, that I was covering on there. So way to go, John. Wow. Yeah. All right. So let's. we've got so much UFO news, and here we are screwing around with uh, all this other stuff. So we better get into that. Um, first of all, let's talk about, I guess, my interviews, uh, both of which I absolutely loved. And I am being a little more selective uh, in my interviews in that I'm looking for stuff that really pertains to some of the really important things that are going on right now um, regarding government. Um and, and the Senate, and how do we move forward? What work can we do? And I am. I'm really trying to start this kind of grassroots effort to uh, take a more realistic stance on what to do and how to move forward and how we can actually have a real effect on the outcome of the Senate um, and their UAP kind of uh, inquiry. And the overwhelming... Um, I'm getting this from everybody, from Chris Mellon, from Lou Elizondo, who tweeted this recently. We talked about that last week, uh, you know, uh, from James Fox and from Kevin Knuth, the scientist. The best way is really to get a hold of your politicians and let them know. I mean, it is shaping out to look as though, um, you know, the U they're going to look at this UAP information, uh, make perhaps some recommendations off of it. But the there has been, you know, information coming to John Greenwald, to Steve, to Glassell that they're, they're going to keep everything classified. And if that's the case, they might not share much with the public. And of course, that's not what we want. We're, of course, concerned, at least some of us. And I think it's important that the government take the issue seriously and look into it. But the other major concern is that uh, we get some sort of investigation and, and research in this material to start to try to determine what is behind the unidentifieds. I get the sense from the military, they don't care so much unless there's a, and Nick Pope has said this for years, unless there's some kind of uh, technological advantage that they can um, get. And, you know, if you, if you think Eric Davis is right about there being crashed UFOs and stuff, Eric Davis even made this comment. He said that he, from what he understood, there was a program to kind of look into like Roswell and a couple other things that were retrieved, but they couldn't make heads or tail of it. And now it's just sitting in warehouses all by itself. That's not what we want. You know, uh, we want some active investigation into uh, any physical evidence uh, whether or data that they may have. And so what we really have to do is lobby for that information. And it, and that's the most important thing. I keep harping this, and I probably won't stop doing that until this is all done. Get a hold of your Congress people. People have asked me to suggest some letters, and I should do that. There is a letter that was written and distributed by uh, a guy, Tara, what's his name? I'll look it up. He's somebody on Twitter, and I, I believe he runs an art gallery. Um, but he's got a lot of great... Uh, things to say, um, and I can't remember his 
full name right now. I'll see if I can find it. But um, he wrote up a letter that he suggested, but I should get a letter online. That was a good idea. So I'll do that. Oh, I see. Like a form letter, basically. Yeah. For people just to just use. To, mm-hmm. You know, letting mm-hmm. them know. An alter, of course. Yeah. Uh, that we want this data, that there are scientists that want this data. Um, I'm working with SCU and we're going to become a little bit more active in this arena as well as being advocates for scientific investigation of this information and telling UAP task force, hey, you need to share this with scientists and the public so that we can look into this. Nimitz, we have no information on the Navy investigation. And so uh, we need that information. Uh, And so we've got to keep asking for it if we want it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. My worst fear, uh, biggest fear is that um, Senate's going to say, military, you've got this in hand. You know, do what you got to do. And then they will take that as, you know, uh, uh, justification to keep things classified and not share things with the public. And that's not what we want. So, uh, that we want to keep advocating for that. Let me ask you, what, where do you think, you know, I understand when something becomes classified, it, it goes into, you know, a certain area or files or whatever, but where do you suppose these things go? We're ta- I'm talking about like, let's just say for the last 20 years, mm-hmm. do you suppose it just goes into like a classified area and that's it. And only those certain people have access to it. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm trying to picture for sure. This. It's just like normally that's what happens with classified information. It usually stays classified. Um, After a few years, it may get declassified. It'll be be reviewed for declassification, may get declassified or not. But there's also a danger when these files or these projects get shelved and these files are sitting there sometimes uh, sitting there. Often they get destroyed. Yeah. And John Greenwald wrote an article about that. Of course, Steve Padilla was talking about another uh, time that John was told that these uh, files were destroyed. And he was told recently that some of the ATIP stuff may have been destroyed and other stuff. So uh, it's it's a regular thing. Is it, you know, uh, a nefarious sort of hiding cover-up type thing? Sometimes, but for the most part, it's not. It's usually just cleaning, you know, it, it's... Um, All right. Well, what about digital? Don't you think these things are documented digitally? Supposedly, those get cleared too. I mean, if you got uh-huh. a hard drive and that you you want to use, and uh, you review it, and it's stuff that's old, you may be, and you don't think it's important, you might get permission to wipe that so you could use that hard drive. That happens. Uh, it sounds like so. Yeah, even in those cases, that happens. That stuff mm. gets lost, or you know, and, and that's the part. Of what's really this is the other thing that I think people need to think about when things are classified, especially extremely secret um, like this program if this really exists that Davis is talking about and Davis has talked about this along with other scientists when you, you, then you have to have people read into the program when you have people read into the program uh, they have to be cleared it's a big very long process and that is not conducive to good science that means you Science, for the most part, you need a lot of people looking at stuff when it comes to, let's say, a virus, um, uh, 
a vaccine for the virus. There's going to be a ton of people looking at that. Of course, it'll be the original companies, but once they come out with the virus, everybody's going to be testing it, making sure it works. You know, everybody needs to then get involved to verify that whatever the science is, is correct. And you don't have that. If you have only maybe a dozen people signed into this project uh, because you don't want that information to get out, then you only have 12 brains, you know, and maybe yeah. only a handful of disciplines looking at this. So you don't really have a very robust scientific investigation in, in um, those situations. And that would be another issue, you know, with these projects. Um, yeah. Eric Davison talked about that actually pretty much at length when we talked about these UFOs and stuff. Um, and so those are, those are problems. And Eric Davis being, you know, a government contractor, a physicist who has done a lot of looking into the paranormal. He's very, uh, I would definitely say he's an eccentric person. Um, but uh, even right now he's working for the aerospace company. Um, and that's in, they've told him essentially quit talking about, you know, all this potentially classified stuff. So he can't even do interviews or anything anymore on this topic. But um, I cause I did contact him recently to ask him a couple follow-up questions that have arisen lately. Uh, so, and he's told other people that too, that he's essentially can't talk. Um, do you, so, think, yeah. that, do you think that was spawned from the New York, the recent, most recent New York times yes, article? Definitely. Uh -huh. Because yeah. his company was mentioned. They weren't aware they were going to be mentioned. Mm. Um, and there was some controversy there. Uh, you know, he's lucky it didn't cost him his job really. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, some of the other news regarding the same topic. Uh, you had brought this up, about, and, and Lou Elizondo did a Twitter uh, thing recently, and I think he had a few really important things to say. And one of those important things he had to say is that, let's see, he said, um, regarding kind of cover-ups, is uh, he doesn't know how to use Twitter that well because he didn't do this thread right. I know, I saw that. It was kind of like a response instead of a thread. And something. essentially they were saying, you know, why do you keep calling these Navy UFO videos UFOs when it's been clearly uh, determined that they're not UFOs? Yeah, I, I can pull that up because I have an email notification. Somewhere. Well, I've got okay. one. It, it just didn't show the whole thread. I've got it, though. The issue here, but his answer was that um, it has not been determined that they're not unidentified. And the point is the Navy determines that it's unidentified. And this is what's really important when it comes to, let's say journalism or even Lou, he's got to refer to the experts, right? He's got to take the word from the military experts. The military experts in this case being the Navy have said, these are unidentified. We can't figure out what they are. Um, and that's the key. That's what's important here is that the Navy is making this claim. Now, what are they making that determination off of? What details, uh, what data do they have? Do they have more radar? Do they have more videos? Um, supposedly, they have both of those things. Um, and so they have a lot of more data to take make these determinations. And until we see that, even if we ever see that, that's, you know, when you can argue with them. Now, I made the argument that now if you have a lot of experts, people who know what the equipment is, we don't even know what equipment was used because that's classified. But if people come forward who say, I know that equipment, I've examined the raw footage, um, 
here's I disagree with the Navy. That's legit. Then we have, you know, expert opinions. Um, but for people in the, the public right now, you know, with extremely limited data to claim um, that they know better than the people who work with these materials. Um, maybe you're right, you know, but unfortunately, you know, we, we have to rely on expert opinion um, and uh, analysis. And I think we have sufficient. And that that's a big deal that the Navy is, they're the ones who are claiming these are not Chinese and Russian. And I think what the, the claim, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you saw this, but the claim is uh, they're mostly attacking the go fast. And I had, I remember when that first came out and a pilot um, wrote me and he said that, oh, I've actually seen this before and that's a, a drone. And, you know, I never heard back from him, so I don't know. But anyway, uh, in the but go fast, guys, they're saying it's seagulls, they're saying it's a seagull. That's, yeah. what, that's what it says in the thread. I don't and think a seagull the, can. Yeah, it doesn't look like a seagull. One, this is the one we have audio of. They're saying, yeah, it's something that's much higher in the air and much closer to the aircraft um, than it appears. But this is the audio where you hear the guys going, oh, almost got it, got it, because they're trying to, to yeah. get a lock on the object. Yeah. And he's like, woohoo, got it, woohoo, yeah. you know, and he's that's all right. excited and everything. Yeah, and they're tracking the this yeah. fast-moving object that's going straight in the line. I don't think these Navy pilots who are flying every day are going to get that excited over finding being able to track a Seagull 1. Plus, it's moving. It doesn't move like a bird at all. That one just doesn't fit. At it would all. have to be on a descent to move that fast, too. I mean, yeah. there's no way it's going to just, you know, without seeing any wings flapping. I don't but know. again, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this anyways, because who's making these complaints? Conspiracy theorists on the Internet. A guy that which, actually claimed he flew a Tic Tac, possibly. Yeah, and one That's guy he's being accused of, yeah. Claims he flew a Tic Tac and he knows that they're ours. Um, prove it, I guess, is, yeah. is the point. But the, the real point is getting back to like people I've been interviewing who are mainstream scientists, mainstream people who have are, you know, involved with uh, the government, uh, either in intelligence or, or otherwise. Um, they're going off the Navy data, which is appropriate. And Kevin Knuth in the interview made a really good point, too, that I found fascinating, which is that, you know, the importance of the Nimitz case and the importance of the Nimitz, uh, the Navy making this claim when it comes to science. So we already know this claim was a very big deal. This was a big goal for Elizondo and for Mellon and for To the Stars, essentially, um, to get this information out from the Pentagon program that Elizondo worked on get a very compelling package of information that they can share with the public like they did through their television show and through to, to the stars and then get the military to respond to admit that they take the ufo seriously and they have been doing ufo investigations well the navy did that very quickly more quickly than elizondo and Mellon expected and, and that's what they've told me in my you know rojas report interviews and so they were able to then move forward. That gave them a legal standing to be able to say, look, the Navy has admitted that this is a thing and that they're researching. So this allows then the Senate to do some inquiries to find out more about that. Now, people have debated, was that a major cover up that they were keeping this information from the Senate? No, that is to their discretion. And they just 
felt it wasn't important enough. And there's the taboo around the topic that they're protecting everybody from too. So they were making opinions, professional opinions that they, they have the right to make. But now the Senate has found out and they're like, well, we do want to know. So please do tell us. And so that's what's happening right now. Um, but this also had the same effect in the scientific community. Kevin Knuth talks about how it's really important. You can't really scientifically study something. Um, he points out two things. First of all, there's kind of a catch-22 where uh, you can't scientifically look into something if it's not proven to be real or science. And if there's no scientific research on it, then you, it's not science. So you're caught in a circle because nobody thinks it's science, so they're not going to look into it. And so it'll never breach that kind of um, – qualification or that hurdle however the navy saying that it's a real thing legitimizes the topic now it's a real thing now this legitimizes scientific research into it because they can say well the navy says this is real if the navy says this is real we need to determine whether they're right or not you know is this really a thing and so now this has kind of opened up the floodgates where behind the scenes he says there's a lot more scientific interest we don't have um, an institutional interest, which I would, what I mean by that is at least scientific, there's no scientific institution now taking this on. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not long before that does happen. Um, there are people that Kevin's working with, and he talked about this in the interview, I implore everybody to go watch, that he's worked with. Some of these people are the same people working with SETI on this techno signatures thing said he's always been listening to radio waves. Now they're doing, if you go look the big, their big thing is techno signatures. They're doing UFO stuff. A techno signature is anything else that gives us uh, an idea that there's some sort of technology built by um, um, an intelligent civilization. That would mean artifacts. And it, recently there was a paper written about that. And it was more about, you know, if let's say the aliens came to visit the moon, a million years ago, maybe we can find evidence of that on the moon. And that's the sort of thing they're, they're widening their scope to look for is these other what they call techno signatures. I think that's really a bridge to what we, you know, what the UFO community is looking at are serious UFO researchers. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and it's interesting to think that, you know, I, I never put those two together or, or realized how impactful that statement by the Navy is on science as well as on politics. Yeah, I think I think it all starts all the way back from when the first article came out, you know, uh, in December of 2017, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ever I, since then, I mm -hmm. think it's kind of been building, kind of snowballing the confidence. And, yeah. you know, I think a number of people that are involved in the SCU are in there because of that as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Certainly, Kevin has said he was emboldened by that. Um, there's a question by the Unidentified Celebrity Review, I one of my that. new favorite viewers. He says, um, why is science letting the Navy determine what's worthy of study? Because something has to make it the topic worthy of study. And at least to this point, um, it's been believed for the most part it has not been worthy of study and there's only been a few individuals 
that have felt that way, that it is worthy of study, which gets us to the James Fox interview that I just had yesterday and the movie, The Phenomenon, which uh, Martin and I have been talking about, which we love so much. And remember, go to Vimeo or iTunes, not just, unfortunately, you found that out, huh? You have to go to iTunes or Vimeo. You can't just do Apple TV. Martin did Apple TV and didn't get the bonus material. So you yeah. do need uh, iTunes or Vimeo to get all the bonus material. And it's but, worth it because I, I complained enough to the uh, publicist where he actually sent me. Oh, cool. <laughs> Good. Me, so I got it. So, and I'd say it's, it's definitely well worth it. There's a, uh, uh, a story Musgrave about an hour interview. It's all raw footage, by the way. And then there's a couple of small clips that are pretty, some of them are kind of entertaining. Um, and there's a, I forget the 2007, um, uh, I'm trying to remember what else is on there. I went through it kind of quickly. I don't know if you remember Alejandro for the bonus material, but it's, I think it's worth it. I mean, you get it for free anyway. It's just, mm -hmm. if you buy it at those two places. Yeah. That's we talked with, uh, um, James quite a bit about that bonus material. So you can check out that interview. Oh, and okay, also, sure. Dirk is mentioning near impossible to study anything you can't poke prod poker prod which is a really great point and i'm not sure if you got to see my interview with kevin dirk probably he's he's in a lot of stuff but if you haven't you're going to want to watch that because that's exactly the type of stuff that kevin and i were talking about in that interview um and i would also recommend uh if you were did do the congress we had an amazing panel with um kevin knuth um Diana Pasolka and Tim Brigham, all PhDs talking about this topic as well. And it was, that was amazing. I think it was great. The perspective perspectives were really interesting. So Diana Pasolka, for instance, is saying, don't even talk about anything paranormal or your interest in anything strange until you have tenure, which is a pretty difficult, huh. you know, opinion. It's like, Oh my gosh, because otherwise, hmm. you know, you could jeopardize your ability to get tenure. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, others were nodding their head. Yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of the case. But Kevin, you know, felt more emboldened, he says, because he established himself as an expert on certain topics. And that's what allowed him to have kind of a firewall um, to be able to get out on a branch there. But uh, really interesting topics around this stuff. And we'll talk more about it. But I really implore you guys to watch the interviews because this is really at the crux of what's going on right now and how we're going to actually move this stuff forward in a legitimate way to start to really examine what's going on to, you know, um, determine what might be happening here and, and hopefully um, make some discoveries about the nature of the phenomena. Uh, I'll also be interviewing Michael, Ma or I'm not interviewing him. Michael Masters is doing a presentation for the SCU. Um, so go to the SCU YouTube at three o'clock Pacific today to see that and he's put together a special uh little program for us uh it's just a 30 minute kind of thing over his perspective on the possibility of these being people from the future but he's not just you know speculating about this randomly he is uh very scientific in his analysis and multidisciplinary you know referencing different science done in different fields to establish this potential this possibility and then after that, we'll we'll show that, and then we'll do a Q and A with him. And Martin and I will be there to help uh, administer that. I want to address. Are you going to be uh, there? Oh yeah, 
Unless okay. you don't need me. Yes. Oh, no, that'd be great. I, I, yeah, I do want to address that comment, though, um, about the poking and prodding. There's so many things that are investigated by science that does not involve poking and prodding. Astronomy, the cosmos, black, ma uh, black, uh, dark matter. Black holes, um, black, dark matter. Black energy. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, Supernovas, I think it's one that Kevin yeah. mentioned. And then, you know, molecular, uh, you know, intermolecular, like uh, CERN, you know, I mean, they can't really touch. I guess they could consider that poking and prodding in some type of way. But I mean, there's there's a lot that is studied, um, you know, and, and when you say, uh, you know, the, the one I think is best in all this is, is dark matter, because we still have no idea what it is. We only see uh, the possible causes of dark matter, but it's also possible it could be something else that we just have yeah. not figured out. Well, let's move on to a couple other topics, uh, because... Kevin and I talk about that at length in that interview, um, but because you bring up some really, really good points, though. But I want to get to some of the other stuff out there that we've talked about. Um, the president being asked about UFOs, um, and that was kind of interesting. A lot of people have gotten kind of heated over this one because uh, there's been a couple headlines. Um, Popular Mechanics was probably the worst, saying you know that the president um, talked about UFOs and threatened military uh, action. Uh, I think it was the Guardian that phrased it a little differently and said, appears to have threatened military action. Um, it was trying to, to take know. it out of context, really. Maybe. We yeah. don't know. Who knows what's going on in his head? Because it was strange that he said, I don't know uh, much about UFOs, but we're looking into it. We'll see something along those lines. But the United States has the best military in the world. And then he starts yeah, talking about the said. military. Yep. So I think it's totally fair for people to say, is he trying to imply that we're going to defend ourselves from aliens with the military? I think that's a totally fair take to say definitively that's what he was doing, like popular mechanics did. That's a stretch. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, it's also a legitimate perspective to say, I don't think that's what he was doing. I think his content, what he was talking about was, you know, he, that he changed the topic to the military. He was no longer referring to UFOs at all. That's what um, I was. That's how I took it. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I think most people took it that way because they, it doesn't make sense otherwise, but remember who we're talking about. Um, and well, if you so, said something like the space force is ready to take him down, you know, then you could kind of understand that he's talking about it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, to, I'm just saying that often when he makes comments, it's difficult to understand clearly what he's getting at. And I think that's the case here too, that we don't necessarily know what was going on in his head. Follow-up questions may have, um, you know, established that, but there were no follow-up questions. Uh, this question arose largely because of the phenomenon and articles out there about it, in particular yeah. articles about Harry Reid's statement where he – we talked about this last week. One of the statements that we both felt was important was when um, – and I talked with – oh, this was an incredible conversation. I talked to James Fox about that interview, how it came about, some conversations he had with Reed off camera that were really interesting, but also how that came about. And and um, he said, you know, he was really, he was afraid he was pushing it. He was like, 
you know, walking out on a ledge when he said, he asked him, well, you know, if there's more evidence, is there, is there a lot more evidence? And, you know, Harry Reid to me seemed like he was really happy to answer that question. And there was a maybe a bit of frustration, but his frustration was, I want everybody to know you've only seen the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more. Most of it has not been yeah. seen. And that seems like a, a point that he really wants to get across. And so that's really interesting. Um, and that's generated a lot of stories. And, and so I think that's what generated the, do you the think question. he regrets, do you think he regrets making that statement? Because that's headlines in a lot of, uh, Harry Reed, not at yeah. all, not at all. And in fact, you know, James said that he got to review the, um, Harry Reid got to review the documentary before they released it and he ah. approved it. He signed off. He was fine. Even with the Ruas right. stuff at the end, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting into this very strange, but credible, you know, alleged alien encounter uh, at the end. So um, really good stuff. Uh, but otherwise, uh, so that's kind of, that's other news out there. And then I guess another one real quick is the Cosford, the case that Nick Pope. So one of the stories that I've got up on my website, that's always really popular is this poster that Nick Pope had, uh, in their yeah. office at the UFO desk, um, and that it disappeared it and it was missing one day. Yeah. Yeah. What he said was the best UFO video. Well, Nick Pope, I usually don't reference the really stupid the terrible, um, what do you call them? The silly newspapers. Oh, uh, the, uh, boy. Uh, what's the word? I know anyway. it's like I've, tabloids. Oh my tabloids. God. Tabloids. And yeah. the sun's a terrible tabloid, but sometimes Nick Pope writes for them and his articles I feel are always great. And he wrote an article about how, uh, the even though the UK said they were going to the MOD, the Ministry of Defense in Britain said they were going to release all of their UFO files, they didn't. It turned out, and yeah. there was a batch on the Cosford that Nick had asked about that they hadn't released, and so that was supposed to be released or come up for review. And they said they're not releasing it for another. Yeah, 50 why do you years. suppose? I saw that everywhere. So why the case related to this poster. I don't know. Some people are suspecting that um, that object was a black project that was captured, and that's why hmm. we really have no idea. And I have no idea. I really want to review that case because I have gotten information from people saying that case was debunked. Um, they figured out what that was. Uh, I've I've talked to Nick Pope about that. Um, and I, re I can't remember, recall the details of the debunking right now, but I did in the past and, you know, um, Nick Pope had some good responses as to why he doesn't agree with those people who have debunked it. So, um, I'll have to write something more on that, but yeah, I think, you know, this plays towards Nick Pope's argument that this was a genuine mysterious situation because, uh, they're keeping it under lids for another 50 years. Another 50 years. What's up with Amazing. that? That's a long time. Will we even be here? Civilization. Yeah. I'm laughing because <laughs> for some reason, um, Keenan on Saturday Night Live, you know, that guy's amazing. He's been on there forever, but he has this skit where he does, what's up with that? What's up with that? And that just popped in my head when I said, what's up ah. with that? But it's a really cute, funny 
video. So you've got to go. We should wrap this up. Um, I guess one thing I want to mention is we usually don't, we try not to get into politics, Martin and I, sometimes we get around there. Um, uh, and, uh, but we're trying to just bring you information on the topic, but I do want to say, because this has come up lately when it comes to racism, um, sexism, um, homophobia, that's not politics. This is when I, express what i'm saying about these things that's not politics that's just being human that's just in my mind being a moral human and respecting all your fellow other humans and and so you guys know that those things will not be tolerated i will not tolerate those things we're going to respect every single person and even you know i respect everyone regardless of their political views i have lots of friends who have different political views than i do um not a problem at all but Sexism, racism, not tolerated. Uh, you know, homophobia as well, just so you know. Um, so I, it was just frustrating because I had written a couple of tweets and people are like, oh, you just keep talking about the politics. I'm trying to talk about UFOs, not politics. That's just in politics. It's not a political thing to be a decent human being and respect all other human beings. Um, and you can infer in that whatever you wish. But just so you know, that's my perspective. That will remain my perspective. Well, I'm with Deal you, with it. man. And, and I don't, I, I wasn't expecting you to, to talk about this, but uh, I agree with you 100%. And I feel exactly the same way about all that. Thank you, sir. Um, more science, less racism. I agree with that 1000%. Thank you, unidentified celebrity. Um, let's see. Stephen Padilla is asking a lot of questions. Sorry, I maybe we'll do some more. Q&A next time. We just had a lot to talk about, um, but we'll, um, I know we'll, it's hard to read the chat questions when you're yeah, I know. trying to think and at it's the kind same of funny. time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got to yeah. stop and look, but it's kind of a yeah. thing these days, especially with live streams like this. So thank you, body stomp. Um, let's see. UK's biggest tabloid owned by same guy as Fox news. Yeah. Um, Murdoch. I think Ru Rupert Murdoch. I so, didn't know that. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> unidentified celebrity says a broken clock is right twice a day, referring to the sun. So yeah, More luckily, UFOs, the, less hate. Yeah, they're really lucky that they've hooked up with Nick Pope. Nick Pope has written for other outlets, but the sun seems to print anything he sends them, which is wise of them. I would too, but. Uh, uh, Nick Pope does have some good hey, articles, best uh, articles right. on this let's, topic. Let's address Maddox 74. Uh, were you listening? Because Alejandro said this has nothing to do with politics. That's what he just yeah. said. Maddox, it, it's not politics. And if you think it's politics to not be racist or sexist or homophobic, then you need to reexamine your uh, what politics is. And what politics means. There's a difference between morality and being moral and, and politics. So um, that's my take. That's so that's what I'm not talking about politics, Maddox. So deal. <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, is there anything else uh, that you wanted to touch on before we leave? No, I think we pretty much covered everything I was looking at. Great. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of stuff. I would highly recommend that people go check out Lou Elizondo's uh, Twitter account and those tweets that he did, uh, this kind of Twitter Q&A that he did. 
really interesting stuff in there. Uh, check out my interviews. And uh, who was your last interview? You've had some interesting stuff, and you've got uh, who, what's coming up next for you. I had Jan Aldrich on. He's a, oh, yeah. a long time, long time boots on the ground researcher. Great um, researcher. You know, an old, old timer. Yeah, he's he's not the best as far as an interview goes, but he's he definitely when he talks, you know, his words mean something. Uh, he was he was really great. I have James Fox coming up, as you did, and I also have. Uh, he's only on for an hour, and then I have uh, coming up uh, after him is my blogger, which has been doing great research. Named Charles Lear. First time he's really no. Second time he was on another interview. Uh, second interview he's ever done. So it should be interesting. All right, cool. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Thanks so much. Be sure to Thank check you. out OpenMinds.tv. Check out Podcast UFO, and then uh, do check out the other videos because, like I said, you know my interview videos are available for just a limited time. You can watch those today, but sometime in the next couple of days they will go behind um, the the into the archives. So go check those out. Uh, but otherwise, thank you all so very, very, very much um, for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody who joined us in the chat. And until next time, adios, adios. muchachos. Chachos.